This episode is sponsored by Shop Like You Give a Damn, a platform for ethical shopping for those who give a damn. ShopLikeYouGiveADamn.com is the EU's largest 100% vegan online department store for fair and sustainable fashion, cosmetics, and home essentials. Founders Alex, Kim, and Stefan are on a mission to make compassion and sustainability the new normal. That's why they founded this fully vegan, fair, and sustainable marketplace with a heart for inclusivity and social entrepreneurship. On their platform, you will find over 18,000 items from around 400 ethical brands, each carefully curated following their five main values. Vegan, fair, sustainable, inclusive, and social. They give a damn about Mama Earth and all of her inhabitants and encourage you to do the same. Use their criteria, certifications, and material options to filter on the values that matter to you the most. Their message is shop with compassion. Do not buy more than you need and always choose vegan, fair, and as sustainable as possible. Check out the ranges now at shoplikeyougiveadam.com. Hi, Rebels. Welcome to a new episode of Catwalk Rebel, the podcast where fashion meets compassion. I'm Sasha Camilli, a former fashion industry professional turned vegan fashion expert. I rebelled against fashion convention to stand up for what I believe in. And in this podcast, I share stories, tips, and thoughts on how to find your style and live a joyful, glamorous life the conscious way. So as I might have already told you, I am a writer and public speaker on the topic of vegan fashion. I just did an entire tour all summer of festivals all over the UK and I've also spoken in a number of universities about vegan fashion and when I first started talking about these topics years ago many people didn't even know what vegan fashion meant. Veganism at the time was all about food and fashion was sort of a niche that wasn't considered anywhere near as much. As time has gone on, the concept of vegan fashion has become more known and more recognized, but many people still have doubts about certain things. And one of these things is the topic of today's episode, and that's wool. Where most people understand the issues were with um, things like fur and exotic skins, as well as increasingly leather, wool is still one of those question marks. Most of us have at some point worn wool, I know I have, but not many know the truth behind it. And many people, when they found that, found out that vegans don't wear wool, they wonder what even is the issue because it seems, seems like wool is so different from fur and leather where the animals actually die. So on today's short yet hopefully informative episode, I thought I'd go through the issues with wool talk about why vegans don't wear it and what we choose to wear instead. Before going vegan, as I said, I had very little knowledge of wool. I rarely wore it because it was quite itchy and uncomfortable. And the very few times I'd heard vegans talking about wool, I'd met very few vegans at the time. And when I heard them talk about things like wool, it was in terms sort of something along the lines of we steal wool from the sheep. And I must admit, I didn't quite understand what that even meant. 
I thought, well, sheep don't care. They don't know that they're being stolen from. In my mind, the issues around fur, leather, exotic skins, they were so much more urgent and so much worse than stealing from sheep. I didn't understand the vegan's point. I thought, what were you what are you talking about? We're talking about the fur industry where animals are killed in horrendous ways. And you're here talking about stealing from animals. They don't even know. They don't understand they're being stolen from. What is this argument? I, I did not get it. But then when I started researching veganism and vegan fashion, I realized that I had been so, so wrong about wool. And now when I talk to people that have no idea, it's sort of the same feeling coming back of discovering all of it. There were so many things I found out about the wool industry that I just had no idea about. I had no clue that in the UK alone, hundreds of thousands of lambs die from starvation or from exposure to the elements before they are eight weeks old. So babies, basically. 15% of lambs in the UK don't survive past infancy. When I first was sort of looking into going vegan, I knew a few people who wouldn't eat lamb. They would eat other meat and they wouldn't eat lamb because they didn't want to eat babies. Well, most animals killed for their flesh are babies, but that's another episode. <laughs> that's another top, another podcast entirely. But these people would still wear wool. And when I think of it now, they just had no idea that this many baby lambs actually die in this industry. And to farmers, this is just the cost of doing business. And those who survive are not much luckier. Lambs all over the world in the wool industry endure mutilations such as having their ears hole punched, their tails cut off, and being castrated without any pain relief. So the suffering of these animals starts from a very young age and continues throughout their lives. Many people have the idea that shearing of sheep for wool is this gentle practice. It's like sheep getting a haircut. But the international entities of the organization that I work for, which is People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, have released undercover investigations filmed at over 100 sharing facilities on four continents, including here in the UK. And every time, horrific cruelty has been found. We're talking about workers hitting sheep, kicking them, standing on their necks and sharing them very roughly, often cutting them in the process. And actually it was so bad that shearers in Australia and in Scotland pleaded guilty to charges of cruelty to animals. Now, when I first shared these videos of these investigations online, the comments I got from my friends and followers were, you know, something like, this is so horrible, these awful, terrible people. And I understand that reaction. It's easy to sort of jump to being angry at the workers. But let's remember that, first of all, these workers in these industries are sometimes victims themselves. Across the board in industries that use animals, workers are often underpaid. And in wool particularly, they are paid by the volume of wool that they produce very commonly and not by the hours that they work. So in, it's in their best interest to work as quickly as they can, which is why the animal's welfare often takes a back seat. And secondly, 
These animals are in these situations because someone is paying for their exploitation. Someone wants the product, whether it's meat, eggs, leather, or in this case, wool. So are workers really the bad guy here? Think about it. It's interesting to mention that some of these videos come from so-called certified humane, sustainable and ethical wool farms. There have been instances where investigative footage has come out and it was filmed at a so-called ethical wool farm and companies have actually cut ties with that supplier because of this footage. And this should serve as a reminder that these humane and ethical labels are just marketing schemes. They're in place to make consumers feel better about our purchases. They do nothing to help animals. So these brands that source their wool, they cut ties with these suppliers after seeing the videos. That's how bad these videos were. And it should teach all of us to not always trust the label that we see on a product. And I'm sure you will think, you'll think, hold up, but you know, sheep need shearing. They have all this extra wool. It would be cruel for us not to share them, right? Well, consider this. Have you ever heard of humans going out into the wild to shear a wild animal? No, right? That wouldn't make any sense. Animals don't need us to interfere with them in any way. Sheep in the wool industry do have too much wool, but that's only because we have bred them to produce up to 10 times more wool than they would naturally need in order to maximize the, their productivity. And that's just one of the cruel things we do to animals. We modify them based on our own wants, our desires, our industries. Sometimes these sheep can't even stand up because all of the excess wool they have. And it's easy to then say, look at this sheep, they need shearing. But how did they get to that stage in the first place? As a result of all this excess wool, sometimes flies lay eggs in the folds of skin that the sheep have and maggots hatch there. Disgusting, I know. This is a condition called fly strike. It's a very serious condition that can severely harm sheep. And in order to keep this from happening, farmers, especially in Australia, use a procedure called musing, where they cut chunks of skin from the sheep's backsides to create this smooth surface uh, to keep flies from laying eggs there. But this is obviously an open wound. It can lead to infections and sheep can still get fly struck anyway. So this horrendously cruel practice is also often totally ineffective. After years and years of campaigning, it's now been banned in New Zealand and campaigners hope that Australia will also soon keep their promise of phasing it out. They have promised that they will look into phasing it out, but they have not yet done so, which is frustrating because Australia is the biggest wool producer in the world. So yeah, campaigning continues and we hope to see, to see this promise being fulfilled soon. We also have to remember that it's not true that wool does not kill animals. Most industries that use animals kill animals. And wool is no exception. When sheep are considered to no longer be useful, they're sent to slaughterhouses and killed in horrific ways. So sheep definitely do die for wool. They're just exploited for longer than fur or leather animals before they do. 
And if all of this were not enough to make you leave that wool sweater on the shelf in the store, I also really, really want to debunk the myth that wool is an environmentally friendly fabric. After everything we know about animal agriculture and the effects that raising lots of animals has on the planet, why do we believe that wool is any different? This is baffling. It's absolutely not. Land is cleared and trees are being cut down to make room for grazing sheep. This leads to soil erosion and decreased biodiversity. And sheep are also massive contributors to methane emissions. Now, like I said, Australia is the top wool producing country in the world. And New Zealand is a close second. And in those countries, the sheep present there are among the main contributors to methane emissions. Methane is this really potent greenhouse gas with many times the global warming potential of CO2. And sheep also require a very resource-intensive feed. They need an anti-parasite treatment that's very toxic. So wool is far from this kind, gentle material that's natural and good for the environment. Like any animal-derived fabric, wool is only natural while it's still on the animal who was born with it. Outside of that, it's just part of animal agriculture, which makes it really problematic from a sustainability point of view. And now, after all these years looking into this and researching this and watching all these horrendous videos, I finally understand what those vegans meant when they said, we steal wool from sheep. It means that we see animals as ours to use. We see their bodies as ours to do with as we please. We excuse our exploitation of them by saying, well, wool is warm, wool is high quality and things like that. But even if that was the case, does that really give us the right to exploit someone? If I think that what you're wearing is higher quality than what I'm wearing, and for some reason I find myself in a position to take it from you, does that give me the right to do so? Just because I can just because it benefits me. Of course not. What's not ours to take is not ours to take, especially when it comes to someone else's body. Animals' bodies, their fur, their skin, their wool, belongs to them and not to us. And that's what it means to say, we shouldn't be stealing this from them. I must say that when it comes to alternatives to wool, this is still an area on the vegan market when, where there is a little bit of room for improvement. But that's no reason to keep wearing wool. Alternatives will exist only when consumers start actually demanding them, when there will be a demand on the market. Alternatives will become more widely available. And we still have quite a few options today. For example, one of the most commonly used materials in ethical fashion when it comes to knitwear is organic cotton. It's one of those times where organic does actually make a difference. So it's good to choose organic when you can, when you're buying cotton, as it uses much less water, much fewer pesticides or fertilizers. It's kind to the planet as well as kind to animals. We can also wear linen, which is a natural plant-based fabric. We can wear tencel, which is made from wood pulp cellulose. And it's produced with a closed loop technology, meaning that the water and the chemicals that are used in the process of making tencel are reused. So 
the water waste is minimized and the chemicals are reused as well. We can also uh, choose sustainably sourced bamboo. And there's innovation happening in the field of vegan wool, such as cashmere made from soybeans. And there's this company in India called Faborg that has created Wiganul, which is a wool made from 70% rain-fed organic cotton. And the remaining percentage is made up of calotropis, which is this plant that grows wildly on deserted land with no need for any water pesticides, like this magical super plant. Um, this fabric is super soft, it's breathable, it's completely free from that annoying itchiness of wool. I will put all of this in the show notes so you know what fabrics to look out for, what the companies are called, and so on. Now, these innovations, to me, represent the future of fashion, which is a more conscious and compassionate one, rooted in plant-based innovation. So I hope this cleared up any questions that you may have had on why vegans don't wear wool. If you have any questions, any doubts or thoughts, then please do connect with me on Instagram. We are at Catwalk Rebel and you can find me at Sasha Camilli. If you like this episode or other episodes this season or last season, please, please leave a review in the podcast app. That would mean the world to me. So the Apple, the Apple Podcasts app, it would mean so, so much to me. It helps podcasts so much when you leave a review. Please be honest. Please leave an honest review. Let me know exactly what you think. You can also go to my website, sashacamilli.com and sign up to my newsletter so you can receive news on topics like this. And you can also download my free ebook on finding your personal style. Thank you so much to David Camilli for our tech and sound and music. And thank you so much to you for tuning in today. I will talk to you soon. And in the meantime, have a fabulous, rebellious day. Bye, Rebels.